Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome in hour number three, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Encourage all of you to go subscribe to the podcast. Search out my name, Clay Travis. Search out Buck Sexton. Tens of millions of downloads every single month for the show. Lots of unique podcast exclusives. I promise you will love it, particularly given that we are now in the summer travel season, vacation time. Maybe you're going to be chilling. Maybe you just want to take the show with you and you're not going to be able to listen on your usual radio affiliate. We understand. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast. Plus, download the Our Radio app and be able to take the show with you everywhere as well. Now, uh, we have talked, as those of you who have downloaded the podcast will know, uh, a great deal about the Hunter Biden case, New York Times confirming that Merrick Garland's Department of Justice would not allow charges to be brought in California. We've talked about the consequences of that, the media coverage surrounding the Biden crime family. We talked with Senator Ron Johnson in the last hour. We've discussed the latest on the Daniel Penny case. Now, let's dive into the most consequential, I would say, boycott, maybe in modern American uh, business history. I can't think of a more consequential boycott than what has happened to Bud Light. Uh, every single week now, the amount of Bud Light being consumed sets a new low. Nearly 30% decline so far as we move into June. There are now reports that Bud Light is so desperate for its product to be consumed that they are considering just giving it away for July 4th because the beer will go bad if it's not bought. You guys have continued to send us clips and footage since may when i did the experiment buck to see whether or not anybody would actually drink bud light it's only gotten worse since then you guys have sent all sorts of photos and videos of people buying every beer but bud light it has become so consequential this collapse in bud light market share that they now are the second most popular beer in America, probably trending towards third or fourth as their market share collapses. Meanwhile, Miller Lite and Coors Light have been the beneficiaries. This infestation, for lack of a better way to describe it, of the woke virus has now spread, by the way, 
from Bud Light to Budweiser and also to Mick Ultra, which are under the same larger parent company. So, Buck, things have gotten so bad that the CEO of Budweiser decided, hey, I need to speak out. I'm going to go on CBS's morning show, and it didn't go very well for him. Uh, He was asked whether he would still make the same decision as it pertains to Dylan Mulvaney. I believe we have a cut of what it's fair to say was a disastrous attempt at rehabbing the Budweiser brand. Here it is. I asked you, would you do it again? And people on the trans rights side of things, supporting that community, want you to say, yes, of course. We want that fortitude. And people on the right would criticize you for saying yes. So where are you on the issue? I mean, was this a mistake? Bud Light has supported LGBTQ since 1998. So that's 25 years. And as we've said from the beginning, we'll continue to support the communities and organizations that we've supported for decades. Mm -hmm. But as we move forward, um, you know, we want to focus on what we do best, which is brewing great beer for everyone, listening to our consumers, being humble and listening to them, uh, making sure that we do right by our employees, take care uh, and support our partners, and ultimately make an impact in the communities that we serve. It's just not good enough. That's, no. not, that's just not going to work. It's just so bland. It's, you know, like, at, at a minimum, he's got to say, I, I understand, right? I, I, we, we, on, we know what's going on here. He doesn't want the activists to come after him from the other side because while the beer drinkers are not activists, it doesn't matter. Uh, the activists of the LGBTQIA++ community have a lot of funding and a lot of power in corporate America as a result of, well, many years of, of building up this machinery. But what he could say is, look, it's a mistake for us to get political at all. We yep. disrespected our audience by doing so. We yep. will never make that mistake again. Take ownership this whole we just like to make beer and we just want to focus on the beer it's like yeah we get that that's what you want to say now but what happened was disrespectful and really an affront to your core audience or core consumer in this case accept that be honest about it ask for their forgiveness and say we're this is never going to be an issue again Bud Light is an American beer for Americans, and we don't do the politics thing. We don't squabble. We don't lecture. We don't undermine people. We don't hate people. We just want everyone to enjoy. You know, there's a way to do it, and the way to do it is not corporate doublespeak because you're afraid of – because really what what the LGBTQIA++ community wants is for him to bend the knee again. Yeah. Because if if he – shows that the lesson learned is some consumers don't want that stuff, that activism. Other companies might get wise to this, too. So they won't let this go, and he knows that. That's why he's caught in the middle here. But ultimately, if you're a company, your consumer is your boss. That's the part of this. Dude, I say this to you. I mean, yes, we have a boss, iHeartMedia, but really, who do we work for? We work for this audience. This audience that Rush built over decades, we work for the audience, and in that sense, the audience is our boss. Bud Light works for the consumers of their beer, and they forgot that, and they still don't really want to go back to basics here, go back to first principles. As a, as, as Look, it is a great American brand, or it was. Yeah, Buck, this was the entire thesis of my last book. And I took a quote that Michael Jordan has now admitted to saying that I think every CEO should emblazon in his mindset. And he was asked, why did he not get political? 
why did Michael Jordan never really step into any elections in the 80s or the 90s or the early 2000s? You know what he said? Republicans buy sneakers too. And I think it's just such a smart quote, right? If your goal is to only service one segment of the population, then I understand. If you're Bud Light and you're like, we want to be the beer of the trans community, that is our identity, then I would say, okay, this makes sense. But if you're that big of a brand, you want everyone to drink your beer. You can't be the number one beer in America and only serve Republicans or only serve Democrats or only serve independents. And that guy, and look, I'm sure the CEO has probably been bathing, basically, in PR consultants. And what you end up doing when you bathe in PR consultants is you don't sound like a real person. I think so many politicians have this same disease. You guys sometimes hear them on this show. When they talk, they don't sound like somebody that you're having a beer with. And if that CEO wants to connect with America, he has to sound like somebody who has a beer would sound like. And what I would say is a lot of what you said, hey, we want every single American to drink our beer. And if we made the choice and we ended up alienating football fans and we ended up alienating blue-collar workers, which you did, and we ended up alienating dudes out there in America by saying our humor was too fratty and they were out of touch, we blew it. And we shouldn't have done that, and that's why we fired our marketing execs, because we lost touch with who we are and who we were. And I'm going to fix that. It's not scripted. I just said that. I think it would play well, and it's natural, it's authentic, and it's real. The fact that these guys can't do that is, I think, a testament to what happens to so many of these brands, Buck, and you know it. You get big enough, and then you start listening to the people in New York and L.A. who were never in your base and they don't understand your audience, and you end up looking like a fool. You get these CEOs who really just care about what the foursome at the half a million dollars to join golf club think about what's going on, and not what their core customers and consumers need, believe, want, and and uh, you know the way to best serve them. I've been mentioning the LGBTQIA plus 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 community. I think it's also worth noting, Clay. Uh, that people are starting to get a funny feeling about some of this. And not just those of us who are on the right, but more broadly, like, what's going on here? This was from uh, one of the pride parades. It was actually here in New York City. We have um, the audio of this. Here they are saying, chanting. Well, I'll let you hear it from them. Play I guess they said it the one time there, but the other times where they said, we're here, we're queer, we're coming for your children. And this was a chant that was heard there. It was, it was also said other places. And we know that not only because of the video of this now, isn't it amazing how many people, everyone walks around with the ability to go viral at any moment based on what they see if they record it. It's really yep. changed our perception of what's happening in a whole. Otherwise, if you had to rely on standard news organizations to tell you, that there are pride parades where, where there are activists or just, you know, people participating in this saying we're coming for your children. Very strange. NBC News trying to clean up this because people say, well, what, what is that all about? What do you mean you're coming for our children? 
Uh, NBC News wrote, the coming for your children chant has been used for years at Pride events, according to long-time March attendees and gay rights activists who say it's one of many provocative expressions used to regain control of slurs against LGBTQ people. Okay. This did not have the intended effect, I think, Clay, that they wanted, NBC News, because, first of all, what is at the center right now of the LGBT activist debate and the rest of the country? Um, should children be transitioning medically, whether through hormones or surgery? So there is a coming for the children reality here, and the chanting of this at Pride marches. This is not. This is not a good look. A lot of people are saying, "What is going on here?" I I think this is emblematic, Buck, of what I said. I think yesterday, and I'm not claiming to be an expert in the gay community, but I think there are a lot of gay people listening to us right now. Gay people who voted for Donald Trump are trying to decide who they're going to vote for in the Republican primary. This is not an insubstantial percentage of the gay population. I think it's probably growing. And a lot of these people, I think, are seeing this argument about children having surgeries to affirm their gender, which is what they try to say, and they think it's as crazy as straight people do. Because gay people are raising kids now, and they don't want their 11-year-old to be coming in and saying, I need to get my boobs chopped off, or I need to get my penis removed. Most people believe that biology is real, of all different types and persuasions. And even a lot of trans people, I think, Buck, would say, yeah, under 18 trans surgery or giving people hormones to stop them from going into puberty so that you can change their gender and flood them with estrogen or testosterone or whatever direction it is, it's crazy. And again, this is why I think slowly, and it is happening too slowly for me, we are winning this argument. And clips like those, I think, are going to eventually blow up and create a civil war in the lesbian, gay, larger unity platform because there's lots of disagreement, I think, in the gay community where people would step back and say, yeah, we shouldn't be chanting we're coming for your children and we shouldn't be encouraging young kids to have this gender reassignment surgery. And so this is part and parcel of what I think is ultimately going to occur. This is one of the thesis of my book, and I'm, I'm an optimist, as you well know, Buck. I think the identity politics eventually collapses on itself because of warring identities and the oppression Olympics requires that somebody be the supreme victim. And it's easy to say, oh, white men are the problem. But now when you have to sort of self-analyze and look internally, I think what you're starting to see is much of this left-wing craziness is collapsing on itself. Maybe I'm too optimistic, but I think this is emblematic of it, what you see inside of the gay community. Um, as, as we go forward, we'll talk about it more. Uh, I got to tell you, we live in a thriving technology filled world between Buck and myself, man, we've got so many different websites, social media platforms. You know, we got more than 20 computers working on this show every single day. And guess what? If one of those goes down, we're in trouble. Two or more go down. We're actually screwed. Uh, we know it. That's why we have backups and we have backups of our backups and probably I'm jinxing us and the backups of the backups might fail. But if that happens, guess what? We've got iDrive. With iDrive, you can back up all of your PCs, Macs, servers, and mobile devices into one account for one cost. It's a company holding the trophy eight years in a row from PC Magazine as the best cloud backup solution for everyone. 
consumers and businesses alike. iDrive is the easiest, most secure cloud backup solution. Plans start at less than 7 bucks a month. You can get 90% off that for your first year when you use my name, Clay, that's C-L-A-Y, in the purchase. That's iDrive.com, I as in the letter I, Drive.com. Use my name, Clay, C-L-A-Y, for the 90% discount on that. Again, iDrive.com. Use my name, Clay. Go do it today. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. Chalk up a win for Team Reality. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll take some calls this hour. We kind of blew through the last couple of hours. We had a lot of great callers. Sorry, we uh, sometimes Clint and I get so in the zone, so deep into the matrix, fighting so hard against the communists that we uh, forget about some of the fantastic calls that are lined up. So uh, if you want to talk to us, anything from the show today, uh, we'll make that fair game for this hour because we didn't get to your Hunter questions. We didn't get to your Daniel Penny stuff. Uh, so we wanted to open up the lines. And with that in mind, uh, also, our VIPs, they send us emails throughout the show. We see them. You send us that email at the VIP. Producers make sure it's in our inboxes, Clay and I, respectively. So we see it um, right away. And uh, you go to claynbuck.com to sign up for that. And it's just a great a great way to uh, to tell us all what you think. So I, I got one of these, Clay. Because you read one before. I'm getting called out now. I'm getting called out, buddy. So you're not alone here. One of our VIPs writes, uh, they can, uh, about Lemon Shark, they can grow up to 11 feet long. What the heck are you talking about with this squirrel stuff? You're nuts. All right, buddy. All right, I'm going to dig in on this for a second. Yes, obviously, 
it's not there's no such thing as 11 foot long shark but i'm saying in the hierarchy of an animal that could end you there are the animals where you're like fair play you know if a nile crocodile or a 15 foot great white or a, a siberian tiger decides it's your number i get it a lemon shark a lemon shark is this is like the bud light of sharks you do not expect to get ended by a lemon shark. Okay, I don't even think there's ever been a lemon shark fatality in history, even though they're a little bit on the bigger side. Bull shark, yes. Even the uh, the oceanic white tip, if you're in like a ship disaster, can be very dangerous. Great whites and tigers are usually the ones people are so worried about. So I'm just saying. I don't know anything about lemon sharks, but you just obliterated them by calling them the Bud Light of sharks. I'm just, you know, and now if I were to get got by a lemon shark one day out there swimming on the beach in Miami, it would be justice for the animal kingdom because I'm calling out the lemon shark, a generally somewhat docile and not particularly dangerous fish. But you have know, you even gotten in the ocean yet in Miami? Yeah, a couple, a few times. I'm How busy. far out did you go? Prepping for this show. Oh, I don't go far. I don't go far. I'm I'm not into getting out there like, deep. Oh, but never above your uh, above. Like you've never not been able to touch the ground. No, I I'll go out and swim a little bit. Come on. Okay, so yeah. I mean, you could get. I, I would just be curious. You basically have called out the lemon shark community. Uh, I'm just telling the, the you right ABB now. Is out. If it's if Buck's number is called, it's going to be a tiger. It's going to be a regal beast of the sea. It's not going to be a lemon shark. Can you imagine if I have to come on now if you get eaten by yeah. a lemon shark and talk about this? Getting eaten by a lemon this shark. This is like being mauled by a Shih Tzu. Like it's just not. It's just not the same thing. All right. If you're determined to be your very best, don't go halfway. Go all the way. That takes energy and drive, which can fade with age, but it doesn't have to especially if you're taking Chalk Natural Supplements. Their male vitality stack is a game changer for guys. The leading ingredient in this formulation has been proven in studies to replenish diminished amounts of testosterone in men. That's crucial in your body's chemistry to provide additional energy, all-day energy. Every day, Chalk helps create this lab-tested, pure supplement line that you can get yourself. It allows you to be potent and effective. You'll feel energized and focused, and you won't have to reach for another energy drink. Chalk, C-H-O-Q.com. That's where you go. You want to make sure that if you're eaten by a shark in the ocean, it's like a manly shark and not a lemon shark? Get some chalk. C-H-O-Q.com. Save 35% off your subscription for life when you use promo code BUCK. Again, get that energy, focus, and drive you need. Go to chalk.com. Use promo code BUCK. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. We're going to get some of your calls here momentarily. Wanted to mention this, Buck. Several, I mean, it may have been like a year ago, we discussed Sage Steele, who is one of the uh, honest and forthright and sane ESPN employees. She filed a lawsuit against ESPN, which is, of course, owned by Woke Disney. And in that lawsuit, she said that she was punished because she went on, I believe it was Jay Cutler's podcast. Uh, Jay Cutler, former NFL quarterback, uh, good dude. He's one of the owners of the beer here in Nashville, by the way, Buck, gratis, which I would encourage all of you who like America to drink, um, But uh, in Tennessee. But the interesting thing about it is she said and criticized at the time that she didn't think it made sense for ESPN to be requiring that everybody get the COVID shot. And so she was, she said, punished. For going out, this wasn't on ESPN Airwaves, this was a, a podcast outside of ESPN's network. She said she was punished over this, filed a lawsuit. Now word has come out that 
ESPN has offered her $500,000 to settle the lawsuit, and she is refusing because she wants to stand on the principle that she was right when she said that ESPN shouldn't have mandated the COVID shot. So good for her. Um, I hope she stands to uh, sticks to her guns and holds Disney slash ESPN responsible for what they did to all their employees in mandating that shot. Yes. <laughs> I mean, this is standing on principle over dollars, which is, frankly, all too rare. All right, uh, Tom, in Oak Creek, Wisconsin, truck driver, what you got for us? Uh, listen, man, I got a lot of points to make. My, my daughter's actually a lesbian, and I yep. had a conversation with her over Father's Day about all these subjects that you were just talking about with the alphabet, alphabet Nazis. Um, um, first of all, Buck... If um, if you're swimming, man, don't get forced into a transition surgery by a by a uh, one of them sharks, okay? Because they like the nuts and berries, okay? <laughs> worst place, worst place to be bit by. I mean, oh, that's a good point. You don't want to get bit on the on the groin. The lemon shark coming after you. Don't be fooled by the name, Buck. I feel like you've jinxed yourself. Lemon here. shark, lemon shark's just like a little nibble. You know, it's like it's like what you get from a chihuahua. No big deal. Anyway. Listen to me closely, though. She talked about the transition stuff, all right? She said, um, stay away from the kids. Uh, she still thinks that 18 is too young to do it. 25, if you want to get your uh, twig and berries cut off, go at it. Because you don't know anything at 18. Can, can I just yeah. say, you know, one, one thing, and Tom, thank, thank you for calling in. And we, we love all of our uh, truckers all across the country because I just – we got a lot of truckers who listen, but the great thing is they listen for three hours a lot of them at a time, right? Because they're on yeah, the road, yeah. and they go from one affiliate to the other. So we, sometimes they'll pass through multiple areas, multiple radio affiliates, and so it's great. We really appreciate all of you guys and gals. Um, but, you know, Clay, I, 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 we kind of got into this a little bit the other day. Equality means the same standards for everybody, right? Yeah. So, okay, Pride Parade, fine. We've got gay marriage, fine. Dancing naked in front of little kids, not okay for anybody. Not okay for gay, not okay for straight, not, you know, this is because, because we're going to treat everybody equally, right? We're going to understand that sexualization of children is something that we should all, and this is what's so interesting. The gay couples I know who have adopted kids or had a surrogate or whatever, they feel the same way as you and me and this audience does, you know? So that's, that's when you start to realize, yeah, exactly. We have the same standards, right? This standard has to be enforced. Why is it that these left-wing activists, and I think it's in part because what are the activists even fight? You know, the trans issue and pushing the age issue on trans lower and lower all the time, it's really all, you know, that's what they exist for now. What do these activist entities exist for? Like, what are they even really doing other than running around and trying to make companies destroy themselves by trying to sexualize children or have trans influencers selling beer? That's one of the challenges I said that came out of the decision to allow gay marriage. To me, we reached the full extent of progressive values at that point in time. And I don't, I wondered what was next. I mean, and, and maybe polygamy in 25 years, uh, more even alarming than that, Buck, I think is the idea. And you, we talked about it a little bit yesterday. You're starting to hear people argue that minors should be able to consent to sexual relationships, right? Well, it's he, a fringe opinion, but it's one that you never heard 20 years ago. Like it, nobody would have even floated the idea. It was activists, if you remember, when when during the during the COVID pandemic, um, there was the the issue of of monkeypox, 
and the activists kept trying to push against that go on CNN and some of the someone worked for the Biden administration remember and health was trying to say you know oh well we can't share the data the data is that it's overwhelmingly from orgies yeah that's the problem that I mean overwhelmingly like 90% plus of the spread was occurring at orgies and Day so orgies yes and so what if we're talking about health and want to protect people from this it's is disfiguring it's you know it's serious it's it's a nasty illness you, you know, we got to look at the facts and you can't say, oh, but, you know, we're all everything's the same. We're all equal, but we're going to we're going to change health data because we're afraid of stigma for some subset of a community. It's like, no, no, no. Health is health. Let's protect people. Let's give them the real information they need to avoid the health issue. Let's not try to change the data or massage it in some way that it gotta makes be careful. It, yeah, makes it more politically palatable. It's funny, too, that you mentioned that because all the things that they told us we had to do during COVID, they weren't willing to tell the gay community, hey, just don't have orgies for a little while. That doesn't seem like most but, people out there but, imagine like have never managed have managed to avoid gay orgies it, it, their again, entire life. Do you know who and I mean, I can name some I, mean, I can name some of them friends of ours, you know, who are in media who are gay. They were the harshest critics of that whole monkeypox messaging yeah. thing of like, well, we can't tell people it's. Guys, be careful. You can get this at an orgy. That was the medical reality at that time of that disease, but we were not able to say that out loud. The gays that I know, and generally the gays who are married and have adopted a kid or two or whatever, they were like, yeah, that's what's good. They were the ones who were saying it. So the activists are bullying within their own community on some of these issues, too, which I think is exactly what Tom, the trucker, called in about his daughter, who's a lesbian, was saying. Yeah, and Buck, I also think this builds on some of the arguments are totally incoherent. For instance, remember when it was, hey, you can't refer to COVID as the China virus, and then they built it even further, and they said they tried to argue that it was racist to suggest that COVID might have come from a Chinese lab. Same, yep. But remember what they were arguing instead, that it actually came from a wet market, and the reason was because of how dirty the wet market was. Well, and you know where the wet market Which market's... one is more racist, right? <laughs> like, the wet market argument actually seems more racist than it escaped from a lab, so they're not even consistent. Their argument was, it's so dirty in Chinese markets that there are tons of different viruses spreading there, and it's really unsafe... The the lab virus actually seems way less well, racist. Well, it's, than that. Well, it's really not even about just the the cleanliness of of these so called wet markets, the diversity, the zoological diversity that they have there, and this is not very well known, but it is true. These so called wet markets popped up in China. This goes all the way back to the Maoist famine of the you had to eat roughly, everything roughly nineteen sixty, where because of the idiotic communist policies, you had tens of millions of people. In the 20th century, everybody starved to death, and so they started to eat anything to stay alive. And so there were these markets where Chinese, you know, peasants, agrarian, uh, you know, uh, agrarian societies would eat bats, would eat, you know, salamanders, would eat anything basically that they could get their hands on. And then it became kind of a cultural over time practice in some of these areas and actually became kind of big business. So while China has said you can't do this anymore as a policy, government policy, they still pop up in places because people make a lot of money, and they're used to eating pangolin in some spots. That's how this all goes. Communism, 
bad things. It does bad things. It's a rule. Just saying. It's good for people to know. We'll get to some more of your calls here in a second. Look, famed economist and best-selling author Nomi Prince is out with a new warning. She says a small group of financial elites are plotting a drastic action, unlike anything we've seen since 1971. The White House, the World Economic Forum, even Bill Gates are involved. According to her research, your ability to spend, borrow, save, and invest could soon be restricted with the push of a button. Our financial system is about to be transformed in a way that would have been unthinkable just a few years ago, and it all starts in July. Bank of America is saying it's inevitable. If you've got any money in a U.S. bank account or retirement plan, get all the facts. Go to disappearingdollar.com. That's disappearingdollar.com. You may not want to hear what Dr. Prince has to say, but you should hear it because you should be prepared when events take a turn this summer. Disappearingdollar.com. Again, that's disappearingdollar.com. Paid for by Rogue Economics. The Clay and Buck Podcast Deep Dives with cool content, surprise guests. Get it all on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I can't believe the show is already at the at the end here for today, which is, I feel like we got a lot more to go here, Clay. But the good news is we've got another show tomorrow, the next day, and many days after that. 
Go to uh, our podcast, please. Ta- download the iHeartRadio app. Subscribe. There's stuff. I'm I'm doing a podcast this week with uh, Libs of TikTok's founder and and you know chief operator. Oh, cool. We'll talk to her about what she's been sharing and seeing there. Um, my friend uh, Ines Felcher has joined Alex Berenson on the suddenly died issue. You yeah, know, suddenly died is a real thing with regard to COVID. So you can only hear that on our podcast feed because we're not it's not on the radio. We're doing additional content beyond what you're hearing on this radio show. So go to the Clan Buck podcast feed. Uh, iHeartRadio uh, is the app you want to download. Get that going. And uh, that is excellent. Um, so please do subscribe to that. We have. Hold on. Another VIP. We got a VIP email from Gabe Clay. He writes, hey, guys, Gabe from the Spicy Shark. Hey. We are a hot sauce company. Oh wow. I like the I like the slide plug. Well done. We are a hot sauce company, but we work in shark conservation. I've ran with sharks many times, including bulls and lemons. No shark deserves the disrespect of being the Bud Light of sharks, but yes, it would be talking like death by Chihuahua for a lemon shark. Stay spicy. So I'm now gonna have to try this guy's Spicy. I, I, are you a hot sauce guy in general? I, I do do the hot sauce regularly. Not really, but you know, they've done so many of these spice spicy challenges on YouTube that my boys are obsessed with it. And obviously here in Nashville, we have hot chicken, which is now spread everywhere. And so they have different flavors of hot chicken. So that is kind of a local delicacy. Have you ever tried the Nashville hot chicken? I can't because it's breaded. Ah, yeah, that's sad. Yeah, for it's me. pretty good. So, but the boys they have all these like ghost pepper challenges and all this different stuff, uh, and they love it on YouTube. So we have done some of that uh, just because the boys have gotten so into it because those YouTube clips go viral. Yep. Yeah. Um. Let's see. We've got Bill in Long Island, New York, place I love and have spent tons of time. Bill, what's going on? Hey guys, great show as always. Listen, uh, Buck and and Trey. Uh, first of all, about the beer, I switched from uh, Nicola Baltra to uh, Yinglang, which is the oldest beer in the country. It's an yep. absolutely great beer. And uh, this thing has been bothering me and a lot of people I know, and it's about Joe Biden. Do you think, because, Trey, you're a, you're a lawyer, and, Buck, you work for the CIA, do you think the president committed treason? I mean, he left all these classified information stuff all over four states, and the one that bothers me the most is because I'm a New York City fireman. I've worked down in Chinatown. He left some of this stuff in Chinatown, which is the, 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 the craziest thing I ever heard in my life. Why would he leave all this classified information all over the states? So, so Bill, states? We, we've, uh, th- first of all, thank you for, for calling in from Long Island, and thank you for, uh, for what you do, making sure if you need a fireman, you need him when you need him. Um, but uh, I'd say this, the treason issue, Clay and I talked about this on the show as a legal uh, definition. The legal definition of treason is very specific, and it's a very high bar. And that would not the, – the Espionage Act stuff has to do with handling, mishandling, and missharing, if you will, of information. But it's not actually espionage that Biden is being accused of, which is an important distinction. It falls under the Espionage Act, which is a big umbrella law. Like when I was in the CIA, we Clay always we, we were always worried like, oh, my God, I don't want to get you know jammed up under the Espionage Act. That could happen even if you say, uh, you know, if you shared information with a reporter that was classified. Now, that reporter is a U. let's say it's assuming it's a U.S. citizen. You're not helping a foreign power. But if there's that disclosure, even if the reporter didn't further disclose it publicly, 
you could be I, nailed under the Espionage Act. So it's not committing espionage necessarily. It's mishandling of classified. But treason is aid and comfort to the enemy during a time of war. So that's a very high bar to hit. I think you could hit Hunter with conspiracy charges relating to a variety of different uh, attempts to conceal his uh, income from foreign sources, certainly for all sorts of tax evasion. I also think that there is, if you had a really thorough investigation, the potential that some of that money was being funneled to Joe Biden and he did not report it on his taxes. I also think, again, the biggest story now associated with Hunter to me, Buck, We've known that he did the tax evasion for a long time. I think you could really hit him with the lobbying for foreign government based on what he was sending in these WhatsApp messages and the money that he was getting. And I also think that the obstruction by Merrick Garland and other elements of the Department of Justice is a huge mess for the entire Biden administration going forward up to and including, in my opinion, Joe Biden, who was willing to do whatever it took to protect his son from any sort of consequential uh, uh, treatment there. Let's see. Who else we got on the lines here? Um, Walt in Panama City, Florida. Walt, what do you got for us? Hey, good afternoon. Appreciate you having me on here. Um, I was in, this is off topic, but I was in a hotel in Charleston a couple of weeks ago. They have a gated parking lot adjoining their hotel. And as we were pulling in, there was a big sign that said electric vehicles are not allowed in this parking lot due to fire hazards. And I just thought that was humorous, the way that the libs are pushing electric vehicles on everybody, but they've got all these issues with them. Well, also the electricity, thank you for calling in, the electricity that they use tends to come from coal plants. So there's there's that with the whole, we're saving the planet. Clay, big lemon shark? kind of like Big Tobacco, is weighing in feverishly in our VIP inbox here at clayandbuck.com. Subscribe today. Stan writes, Buck, wrong again. When I was a Navy diver, lemon sharks were a species of concern, more dangerous than a white tip, but between a black tip and a tiger, especially in murky waters. Cheers from our... I'm just going to tell you right now, look, if you're going to be worried... If you're going to be worried about somebody's Pomeranian biting you... That's up to you, folks. Um, lemon sharks are the Pomeranians, the Chihuahuas I, of the sea. They're just technically you could get bit, but let's not be wimps. I do not know if I would be picking sharks as my enemy of choice from an irony perspective if I were you living in Miami. I would I would have my head on a swivel next time I go in the water. You, you know what? Because I'll, all these clips will get pulled. I know. If you get attacked by a shark, and I'm, I, they're going to be everywhere. It's going to go viral because you you've attacked the shark community to such an extent. Just watch. Now I'm going to stick to swimming pools, and a gator is going to take my hand one day. In the greatest irony of all time, don't mess with the animal kingdom, folks. You'll be like Tubbs and Happy Gilmore. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. 
have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 